You're listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes, a production of the Ephesus School Network. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The company of the angels was amazed when they Hi, this is Father Aaron Warwick with Jason Everett, and you are listening to the Teach Me Thy Statutes podcast, episode number 59. Today's reading is from St. Paul's first letter to Timothy, chapter 1, verses 18 through 20, and chapter 2, verses 8 through 15. Timothy, my son, this charge I commit to you in accordance with the prophetic utterances which pointed to you, that inspired by them you may wage the good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience. By rejecting conscience, certain persons have made shipwreck of their faith, among them Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling, also that women should adorn themselves modestly and sensibly in seemly apparel, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly attire, but by good deeds, as befits women who profess religion. Let a woman learn in silence with all submissiveness. I permit no woman to teach or to have authority over men. She is to keep silent. For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet woman will be saved through bearing children, if she continues in faith and love and holiness with modesty. As we begin today, let's dive in and discuss what Paul means when he says that he delivered Hymenaeus and Alexander to Satan so that they may learn not to blaspheme? That's a very good question. Essentially what St. Paul is saying here is that he is cutting off or excommunicating Hymenaeus and Alexander because of their sin. Okay, Father, uh, before you go any further, maybe just uh, briefly explain what you mean by excommunicating, uh, as perhaps some of our hearers don't know what that means. Sure, that's a good point. So to excommunicate someone means that you would not share Holy Communion with them. It means that you would not accept them as a full member or at least as a member in good standing, so to speak, in your community. It's essentially what Paul was arguing about with the Jewish followers of Christ, including Peter and James in the epistle to the Galatians. He was saying, hey, you're not accepting the uncircumcised Gentiles. You're not having fellowship with them, considering them to be full members of your community, and that's wrong. But in this case, St. Paul is excommunicating Hymenaeus and Alexander, not because of their ethnicity or anything external like that, but because of the choice they made to blaspheme. Okay, so with that in mind, uh, can you explain why St. Paul would, as he said, deliver them to Satan? Yeah, I think it's important to refer back to 1 Corinthians to get a better understanding of that. Remember, the epistle to the Corinthians, uh, I should say the epistles to the Corinthians, are also attributed to Paul, and in reading them we can get a sense of what Paul is mentioning here. And what specifically do you see in 1 Corinthians that relates to today's passage? Well, in chapter 5, Paul is talking about severe and extreme sexual immorality happening within the Corinthian community. And again, that's in 1 Corinthians. And in verse 5 of that fifth chapter, Paul says of the man evidently committing this sin, Hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. Okay, that clearly mirrors the language of what Paul says to Timothy in today's reading. Mm -hmm. Uh, So perhaps uh, you can unpack the last part of that phrase that you just quoted, uh, which is missing from today's passage. Presumably, 
as I think you're alluding to, the, the spirit of excommunicating uh, Hymenaeus and Alexander is, is the same for Paul, that their spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. But what exactly does that mean? Yeah, to be clear, I want to explicitly state that I believe Paul has the same intention here with Timothy, his letter to him, as he had with the Corinthians. Namely, the reason that you excommunicate someone or deliver them to Satan, to use Paul's language, is to instruct them. And as a side note, it's important we understand that in this sense, Paul is following after God in the Bible. His punishment, God's punishment and Paul's punishment here, is meant not for destruction but for instruction. And any good father, it's the same for mothers, of course, but sticking with the biblical metaphor of God as father, any good father punishes and corrects his children not because he wants to destroy them, but because he wants to instruct them. He wants them to learn for the future. That's exactly what Paul is doing here, what he was doing in 1 Corinthians. He's got the long view in mind. He's punishing now, hoping to wake them up, so to speak, so that on the day of the Lord, meaning the day of judgment, they will be saved. Very good. So if I'm understanding you correctly, Father, you're saying that Paul is delivering these people to Satan or excommunicating them because he's trying to help them understand the gravity of their sin, and he's hoping that they will repent before the judgment. Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay, good. That makes a lot of sense as it's much less harsh than it initially sounds, Uh, but I'm still trying to understand why Paul would use this language of turning them over to Satan. Mm -hmm. If he's speaking about excommunication, and even more so when he's speaking about their ultimate repentance and salvation. Yeah, really good question. I see where you're coming from. And to answer that, I think we need to understand something that we've talked about before on one of our episodes on this podcast. And specifically what I'm thinking about here is how there are really two primary ways that Satan is viewed or treated in the Bible. And I think we tend today to emphasize Satan as the enemy, the adversary, almost like the anti-God, meaning that he's like totally evil in the exact opposite way of God being totally good. And we have to be careful with that because we can sort of see Satan as having more power and influence than he has. And and, and that's, I think, why the Bible also emphasizes Satan in another way. Yes, I remember discussing this some time ago, uh, but please remind me as well as any of our listeners who may have forgotten or, or who haven't heard that discussion yet. So another way that Satan is presented in the Bible is as being like the district attorney, the D.A., And in this scenario or this analogy, it's essentially as though Satan is part of God's team, loosely speaking, in that he tries people, he tries cases, in order to determine if people are truly faithful. And we see this presentation of Satan in the book of Job, for example. There Satan is present before God, and God gives him permission to inflict certain hardships on Job. And ultimately, all of this is a test for Job. And so when we hear Paul speaking of turning Hymenaeus and Alexander over to Satan, or the man in 1 Corinthians, it's as though he's turning this, the case over to the DA, to the district attorney. And the attorney is going to try the case. And this will be done again following my analogy, like in a lower court. You know, by the time you get to the judgment, when Paul talks about the day of the Lord, it's like you've reached the Supreme Court, and then the decision is final. So Paul is handing the case over to the DA, hoping that the guilty people will ultimately repent and be found not guilty on the day of judgment. 
Thank you, Father. Uh, that's really helpful in, in understanding this phrase. And to conclude uh, for today, would you discuss uh, the final verses of today's reading, uh, specifically St. Paul's direction regarding women? Uh, we read about women uh, not being allowed to teach, that women are to, to keep silent, uh, and that uh, their salvation even seems to be tied up in childbearing. How should we understand Paul's direction to Timothy here, Father? Yes, a uh, lot, lot there to unpack, really, and, and I'm not sure we'll get to all of it today, but we can at least try to make a start. So the first thing that I would say is that the church, the Christian community, and this includes even St. Paul himself, uh, never seemed to take these passages literally. And by that I mean that even Paul himself had female assistants. He speaks about them elsewhere in the scriptures. And women in the community who were prominent. So I think there's probably a reason, a reason we may not even know today, that at that specific time and place, Paul wrote these things to Timothy. Uh, but again, it's important to note that even Paul himself had women around him who were active in ministry. One of those, as a side note, was St. Thecla, a popular saint in our Antiochian church because she was from the greater Syria region. And we actually, Jason, have an icon of her on our iconostasis at St. Mary in Wichita. So that's the first thing I would note, and, and I would speculate that part of the reason that Paul brought up this issue of women speaking and teaching was because it was largely taboo at his time among the Jews for women to exercise such authority. And Paul was fighting many battles to include the Gentiles fully into the Christian community, unite them, the Jews, in their worship of the biblical God. And we know, uh, you know, again, going back to 1 Corinthians, we know that Paul was having some issues in the church among the Gentiles. And we know from Galatians he was having issues with some of the Jews accepting the Gentiles. And that part of that problem, uh, we especially picked this up in 1 Corinthians, revolved around women causing some issues. So my best guess is that Paul writes this here to Timothy within a very specific and narrow context Yet again, emphasizing that we know Paul did not universally apply these words, nor has the community of Christian believers from that time and beyond. Now, in terms of their salvation, women's salvation being tied up with childbearing, I think it's quite simple that St. Paul is hearkening back to the Scripture, to the very beginning in Genesis, where the blessings that God gave to eat of the fruit of the earth and to bear progeny after the fall of Adam and Eve, now come with a curse. So it's like a mixed blessing. And in this sense, of course, men have to sweat and labor hard to obtain the fruits of the earth, and women suffer pain through childbearing. But again, to view this as literal would be a betrayal of what even Paul taught and did. Uh, first of all, Paul was celibate, so he did not help any women bear children. But secondly, Paul recommends to others that if possible, they also should refrain from marriage so that their sole focus would be on pleasing the Lord. And he recommends that if a woman is widowed, that if possible, she not remarry, but yet he does permit this. So from this, you can see that what St. Paul says here to Timothy is more generic in referring back to Genesis, this idea of being saved uh, through childbearing and recognizing that birth-giving uh, is the path that the vast, vast majority of women in this world choose to work out their salvation. But we cannot take this as some sort of universal principle because, again, even Paul himself says elsewhere that to live in virginity with the sole focus being on the Lord is a higher calling. 
Thank you, Father. Today we first discussed what St. Paul meant when he said that he delivered Hymenaeus and Alexander to Satan. Father Aaron explained that Paul is referring to excommunication here, meaning that they were not permitted to receive Holy Communion or to be accepted as a member in good standing. His purpose in doing so, just as it was with the Corinthians, was to instruct them so that they would repent and be saved. We also discussed the common misconception that Satan has more power and influence than he truly has. Father provided a more helpful way to understand how Satan is presented in Scripture as being like a district attorney. And we see this clearly illustrated in the book of Job. And in regard to the concluding verses in today's reading concerning women, it was stressed that the church has never taken these passages literally. St. Paul himself had female assistants, and there were many women in the community who were very prominent and active in ministry. We should understand that St. Paul's words to Timothy were written within a very specific and narrow context, for we know that Paul did not universally apply this teaching. Thank you for listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes. We hope you tune in next week for a new episode. Alleluia, glory to thee, O God. Alleluia, 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 glory to thee, O God.